Welcome to Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. In this episode, I take you through the learning journey of Kelvin and his dog, Zeus. Zeus is very nervous of people and then, due to an incident, refused to go on walks in his neighborhood. The snippets piece is on three topics, emaciated dogs with food, the honeymoon period, and the gentle leader. Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host, creator of Upward Dogology, and successful dogologist for over two decades. This is the fifth episode in the second part of this podcast series. The first part is the five-part mini-series, which includes a short trailer and four full episodes. If you have not listened to that, you may want to because I refer to it in this episode. Welcome to the learning journey of Kelvin and Zeus. Kelvin and his now ex-girlfriend adopted Zeus from their local SPCA about four months before hiring me. Zeus is two years old, neutered, and healthy. He was found wandering and had been at the shelter about three months. Kelvin didn't know if he had been adopted and returned. The health records provided by the SPCA indicated they did not do the neutering, so he had most likely been in a home at some point. He was emaciated when they found him, and being a medium to large-sized dog, he was still pretty skinny, but I think that was just his body type, and he certainly wasn't starving. So it was a bit hard to tell how long he had been wandering. His teeth were good, so that was probably how the SPCA determined his age. Kelvin is a single dad from his first marriage. He has a girl who is seven years old and a boy who is nine. Zeus is really calm in the home, but is nervous when new people come over. He comes out to see them, but after a bit, he commonly walks to the bedroom and stays there. He doesn't get patted by them or introduced. He just sort of looks at them and then books it back to the bedroom. It's not a total panic, but he would pee and shake if the people acknowledged him or reached out to him or came into the bedroom. Kelvin did not force this introduction, and he just let Zeus do that for the time being. Kelvin's kids were with him when he adopted Zeus, so he perceives them as part of his family and is very good with them when they come over. Kelvin went to class training, but this was a complete disaster. Zeus was nervous and tried to pull back and hide, and he barked a few times. The trainer went up to other dogs and gave them treats, but she did not with Zeus, which was good. The second class, he was unable to get Zeus from his vehicle to the building short of picking him up, at which time he decided to just abort that plan. He then hired the trainer recommended by SPCA, who, having learned Zeus was nervous of people coming in the home, she came in throwing treats everywhere and calling Zeus's name in a high-pitched voice and kneeling down. Zeus immediately peed and booked it to the bedroom. The trainer explained to Calvin this method is proven to decrease anxiety and to get the dog comfortable with her. Throwing treats to a dog can make the dog more nervous and feel tricked. It is rushing to the end goal of having them love the trainer and completely goes against the dog, the goal of the dog, which is to not be noticed. There is nothing calm or logical about this technique. It is trying to persuade the dog to like the trainer by offering something the dog may or may not want, even if they are treat motivated. There is a high likelihood they do not want it from a stranger walking into their home talking to them like they were a baby, and trying to be friends with them. It would be like someone coming straight up to you, holding out their hand and saying, Hi, will you be my friend? It's just weird. We need to build the skills at easy times and then apply them at the pace of the dog. So Kelvin asked her to leave. When I came in, Zeus booked it to the bedroom after taking a little look at me, as he always does. 
and then Kelvin and I talked. We discussed exercises and different approaches. Kelvin told me Zeus likes being outside as long as no one is paying too much attention to him. Okay, so we decided that I would go stand outside and he would apply the exercises as we had discussed as he brings Zeus out the door. This was quite successful. Zeus did not bark at me, which he normally would have done with people standing on the sidewalk in front of his home. The goal is to have my clients apply basic exercises and see the difference. They know what their dog would normally do, and I know what a scared dog looks like. I don't need to see it. In the home, he just books it to the bedroom, but he can't do that on leash, so he barks. The behavior is different, but the reason is the same, to keep the people away. We then walked around the park-like area in front of Kelvin's home, applying the exercises. No treats, of course. Leash work, body disposition, timing, tone of voice, and use of commands is very important. We need to find the ones that work with Zeus at this stage in the program. This is one of the techniques of upper dogology called details. There is no one right way to do these, and they change as the dog progresses. Kelvin said he took Zeus to the off-leash dog park fairly regularly. This is great. Dogs with Zeus's personality and disposition rarely run away from their peep, and they like the park because they can keep a distance from people and they do not feel restrained. This provided us with a great teaching opportunity. We applied the exercises as we approached the off-leash park from the parking lot. Zeus's ability to complete them was lower than in the park across the street from Kelvin's home because Zeus was excited. This is actually a good sign and provided a great teaching opportunity to strengthen the commands. Kelvin said in the park Zeus commonly backed up and barked at people or came running back to Kelvin, especially if these people were feeding other dogs treats. This explained why he was nervous in the class training. His perception was that the trainer was going to try to approach and feed him treats. Kelvin worked on the exercises in the park across the street and the off-leash park and on leash walks for a week. He noticed Zeus was checking in more at the off-leash park, but not out of anxiousness or fear. He was not backing up and barking at people as much and was less hyper-aware or anxious on leash walks. We then started to apply the skills to the home. It is commonly recommended to start the training in the home, but the concept is to teach it easy, apply to hard. So if the home is the highest stress place, then we establish the transferable skills in the easier or more comfortable places and then transfer them to the home. It is important to adapt the concepts to the individual dog. It was going well when people came over, such as his friends, and often Kelvin started by coming outside as he did with me in the first session. He did not force a meeting with Zeus and his friends on the sidewalk, but allowed Zeus to read his friends. He then followed his friends inside using the commands, and then this advanced to having his friends come in the home. This progress was very good until he moved to a new neighborhood. As far as moving homes and still having the friends come in, well, he applied the transferable exercises and all was good. But he went for a walk on their third day there and a dog came out from a home across the street and three doors down and attacked them. Zeus had 12 stitches and Kelvin had 26. Once they physically recovered, Kelvin called me because Zeus was refusing to leave the property to go for a walk understandably. Kelvin could get him to the vehicle if it was parked out back, opposite direction to the street where the attack occurred. So they still went to the off-leash dog park, which means the fear in Zeus is specific to the street near the dog's home, and probably to that dog. 
He had, of course, tried treats to encourage Zeus to walk on the street, and this was unsuccessful. So I suggested on the way back from the park to park his car on the street a couple of houses away from his home in the opposite direction of the home with the dog that attacked them. By doing this, he is walking Zeus in the direction Zeus wants to go, toward his home. I reminded Kelvin to use the transferable exercises and commands because it would probably take a bit to get Zeus out of the vehicle. Do not encourage using treats or convincing tones. Do not rush to the end goal of getting him out of the car. Because Kelvin had used the same command-based exercises to get Zeus in and out of the vehicle at comfortable places, such as the off-leash park, this was the transferable skill and it was successful. By the way, the dog that attacked them didn't live in that home and was no longer welcome there. But of course, Zeus didn't know that. So Zeus initially pulled to frantically get to the home when he got out of the vehicle. Kelvin tried his best to slow this process down using the command-based exercises. We do not want Zeus to learn that he has to panic and run to remain safe. Essentially, we were using the exercises in the cognitive form to prevent Zeus's brain from going into panic mode. This took three tries over three days for Zeus to walk calmly to the home. Then Kelvin advanced to parking farther away and then closer to the home, but on the side of his home that the home with the dog was on. Then he was able to park on the far side of that home and walk back to his home, passing by that home where the dog had come out of. Also during this week period, he was able to get Zeus to walk out of his home to the front lawn and then down the street away from the home where the dog's home was and then around the block and come back past that dog's home. Then he was able to come out of his home and walk past that dog's home, which was the ultimate goal. So this is an example of how we creatively use the approaches, commands, and techniques, or ACT, which are the three components of upward dogology, dogology to address the reason for the behavior and allow the dog to learn for himself he does not need to panic. If we relied on treats and praise as we went through this process, it would likely have taken months to see any progress, unless, of course, the level of anxiety was fairly low or the dog was under six months. How the components are applied to other dogs and other situations varies depending on many factors. However, we always adhere to the approaches or guidelines and concepts and establish the platform using exercises taught in the cognitive form. The snippets pieces presented, sorry, I'm a little under the weather today, so if I'm stuttering a bit, ah, it's just one of those days. The snippets pieces presented in a true or false question format, and I explain, explain the answers after the questions. There are three questions. So just to remind you, these are in reference to dogs over the age of six months. True or false, dogs who were emaciated when rescued are more likely than other dogs to have poor manners, such as begging or countersurfing or grabbing food out of our hands. And the answer is false. Many emaciated dogs have lived on the streets and have self-learned manners. They may be more likely to eat crap and garbage on the street, but it would not occur to them to steal food in the home or from people. Zeus is a prime example. I've worked with dozens of rescue organizations, and in particular in Central America, where they, these rescue organizations have rescued thousands of emaciated dogs like Zeus, and they are not impulsive when it comes to food. It is important to work with these dogs once they are healthy, 
developing skills that prevent problems and build a bond, but they are not more or less likely to be what is now trendily termed in need of impulse control or manners than any other dog. True or false, the honeymoon period is a myth. And the answer is false. Many dogs who are rehomed will be reserved and well-behaved in the first 10 days to a month. This is the prime time to proactively teach and advance command commands using opportunity-driven rewards to increase the bond, establish the platform, and change the dog's perception of your ability to calmly manage situations and to let him know that you know what he wants. If the previous foster or home had done exercises, it is important to carry these on and most likely advance them and apply them to easily integrate the dog into the new home. By doing these exercises, which of course do not involve treats, we can prevent unwanted behaviors and learn to read and understand the dog. When we proactively apply these exercises using the cognitive side of the dog's brain, we do not need to instill rules or set boundaries or follow a generic guideline where we tick the boxes. Question three, true or false? The gentle leader or head halter can effectively prevent pulling on leash. The answer is true. There are many opinions when it comes to which walking tool is best, when really there is not one right walking tool. I never tell my clients what they can and cannot use. Often when they hire me, they are nervous because they feel they have done things incorrectly or that I will judge them. I never do that and they are just doing what has been suggested to them. I often post pictures of clients using a walking tool that I would not necessarily recommend. And of course, there is always someone who will comment on it. But the reason they are using this tool is because they feel they need the tool in order to maintain control. So my goal is to work with them so they do not feel the need to have to rely on this tool. And the gentle leader is in that category. Although the gentle leader is not harmful to dogs, it does all the work. I do not view the gentle leader as a tool to decrease pulling. But because it actually does that, it provides us with a teaching opportunity to incorporate command-based exercises to establish the platform and increase the bond because the dog is well-behaved on the walk. Commonly, within half an hour, we are able to remove the gentle leader or other perhaps not so acceptable walking tools because the dog is now using his brain and we have changed his perception of our ability to calmly manage during a walk. If the reason for the gentle leader is sudden reactivity, it often fails because the dog does what is similar to a horse whip. It's spinning around frantically, making achieving calm manageability more difficult than if they didn't have it on. Often dogs do not like the gentle leader. If they are used to it from puppyhood, they may like it, but it is often a battle to get a dog over six months to like it, and this is not a battle you should be having. It is common for other dogs to react to dogs wearing a gentle leader. This is because these dogs wearing the gentle leader would normally be lunging, they feel restrained, and this causes them to give the other dog that awkward side eye. This makes the dogs wearing the gentle leader difficult for other dogs to read, and the perception of those dogs is that the dog in the gentle leader is not listening to their peep, and that these dogs know that the dog in the gentle leader were not restrained, they would be reacting. Having said that, it is important to use the gentle leader correctly. And when that is done, the dogs in the gentle leader are not being pulled or restrained and they often don't give the side eye. So if you are going to use the gentle leader, make sure your dog likes it 
and you know how to use it correctly. Please follow me on Instagram, Upward Dogology, and on my Facebook page, which highlights my clients both hands-on and remotely. That is Doglogic Behavioral Rehabilitation. There are a few Doglogic pages, so make sure to get the right one. My LinkedIn is Billy Groom. If you are interested in working together or becoming a certified Upward Dogologist, you can visit my website, upwarddogology.com. My book, The Art of Urban People with Adopted and Rescued Dogs Methodology, is available through Amazon, most ebook retailers, and my publisher, Friesen Press. The music in this podcast series is generously provided by the Jeff Murtick Band off the album Outrun the Sunrise. They are a funky reggae blues band from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. You can check them out on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy your learning journey. Yeah.